Hi, Jim Peterson, Chairman and CEO of Valor Metals Corp, trading on the Venture Exchange under the ticker symbol VO, rough market cap, about $75 million projects in Brazil, palladium platinum, and in Northern Canada, uranium. Jim, good to see you. Been a while. Um, my eyes lit up when I saw the, the phrase uh, launching strategic review. I wanted to know what it meant and, and, and why you felt the need to announce it. What's going on? We'll define it for you. What, you know, We pushed back this interview so we could actually talk about these things, Matt. So thank you for bringing it up. I, I think really it just gives us uh, a framework to maximize value for the projects we have, the Palladium Platinum Asset in Brazil. We've done a lot of work. We've doubled the resource. Uh, we're not getting as much love for that one as we are the uranium project in northern Canada. We've had lots of interest in our shareholder shareholder base to try to maximize via there or spin it out, as they say. Um, so we're just working with really smart bankers to figure out the best way to do these things. But you've been resisting talking about the uranium for years, right? You've, all your shareholder dogs, a lot of your shareholders, have been going, "Come on, let's get let's let's try and work out what's going on Angelac. It's it's potentially significant. So why is now the right timing? Well, I think the pricing is a lot better than thirty. You know, sixty is better than thirty. I, I think that the interest level in the generalist community is much higher now. I think that the Sprott Physical Uranium Trust has proven to be a major player. They're soaking up um, inventory and secondary supplies that in my career, I've always come back to kind of bite you in the ass. Um, so at this, I think that the, the industry is a lot better cleaned up. I think there is obvious geopolitical support from an ESG perspective for nuclear now, which is growing. That's the demand side. And I think the supply side has been totally injured and neglected over the last decade. So for a company like ours, it makes sense to really start banging the drum. And it didn't two years ago. Right. So, But you're not a uranium guy. So, And I know you've allocated some capital for some, for, for some drilling here. So who in the team can move this forward um, you know, and, and create value? Or should be doing what some of your shareholders say and like just sell it, spin it out, get some, make it someone else's problem? I mean, do you need to make, start making some decisions now? Yeah, that's the whole point of the strategic review because I think we can stack ourselves up in, from, from either project, the Palladium Platinum project in Brazil, the Uranium project in, in Canada. Um, you know, we are a group that has lots of M&A experience, lots of northern exploration experience. We've got lots of contacts. I think we're well respected and I think we're known as a good group to, to work with. So if there are uh, groups out there that, as you say, have really strong uranium exploration experience in Canada, that'd be a group we'd want to talk to to see if we might collaborate with them do a deal with them. That's for our bankers um, and you know, to to help us understand if there's real value. Oh, so you, you're asking them to understand if there's real value or you, are you asking them to find you a partner or a buyer? We're asking them to find opportunities. It could be any of those things. It could be just a straight spin out of the, uh, the Palladium Platinum assets and then we're done. You know, we've, we kind of staff up that team and we continue on as Valor with holding the uranium assets. I actually think that that's probably not the best thing to do. I think right now there's huge interest out there. I think there's groups that actually have lots of strength but don't have a project as good as ours. I think we've got one of the better projects on the planet. I think we've got huge upside and I think you know, people recognize that. So the timing is right to have those discussions. Right, so like, I, I don't wanna kind of con con conflate issues here but it might, might be worth sort of getting your view. Platinum Group uh, Metals, investors 
typically don't understand it, right? They don't understand, you know, how, how to measure or value it. It's it, there are not a lot of companies out there for for them to do kind of peer analysis on. Um, but they might understand the 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 macro position at the moment. Obviously, we're seeing Russia, big big um, palladium and uh, platinum producer. Maybe on the sanctions, um, it's a very different dynamic environment out there. And so, what what do we need to know about PGMs? You, you seem to like them. Do you like them more than you know? And you seem to like them more than uranium. So, uh, what do we need to know? I don't like them more than uranium. I just thought at the time, two years ago, it was a very uranium was a difficult market, and it was premature to to really go after it full hog. Right now, the timing is good. You know, I think what one of the things that you mentioned is, you know, we are a group that's known for our technical credibility. So when we look at a project, we really look at the um, quality of the project, regardless of the commodity. So in the case of the Pedro project, which is a palladium platinum project in Brazil, it's near surface mineralization, access is great, expiration upside is substantial, and we have the right team on the ground to add value down there. Whether that might be attractive to some other party, some M&A transaction, or if we just spin it out and build a board around it that is sort of purpose-built, we're going to be looking at all those different options. And I certainly don't like the palladium better than the uranium. But right now, what we've been told and shown actually in presentations is that the fact that we have the two different projects in the same company just confuses people. And so unlocking value through the spinning or separating those assets into their own entity will actually create value. That's what we've been told. That's what we believe. And we're working towards that. But and I, I agree with that that it, it can it can be con- confusing, um, you know, in, t- in terms of the com- commodity, um, different commodities because they're, they're they're not kind of they don't seem so very 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 close in terms of the skill sets required to kind of advance advance the project. I get that your technical team, I get that your product discovery group, great track record of creating shareholder value, all of that kind of good stuff, but they, they don't seem to fit. I mean. Different jurisdictions, great in terms of uh, mitigating risk. That 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 seems fine, but I agree with you. I I think people are confused with what type of company you are, but I I'm not sure whether Platinum Group Metals is a space which is going to get a big hearing from a big audience unless you've got a plan of I I don't know what. I mean, who, who do you think it appeals to? Well, aside from all the jurisdictional upheaval that's happening right now, this is a precious metals development project in Brazil. So it could be attractive to many parties, whereas a uranium project is definitely not attractive to all parties. The palladium, you could have a precious metals producer that produces gold, silver, and copper, for example, that could convince their shareholder base that a palladium platinum project with near surface mineralization with you know zero strip on some of these deposits and great access and lots of upside actually would fit with their portfolio. So I think the audience could range from Private companies that are developing gold assets that maybe are issue, um, kind of entering the boring permitting engineering stage, which is the death knell for investor interest. They might be able to combine with a company like ours, which will have bursts of uh, exploration and discovery news flow that will keep the market active as we advance the project. It could be uh, a plate and platinum producer from somewhere who wants to diversify away from Russia or South Africa. Um, it could be... Um, a producer that's in South America that looks at this thing and says, look, we can make money uh, with this project. Let's advance it and develop it. It fits well with our portfolio. They might be a gold producer. I think really um, the the audience is very wide. It's not as wide as for the uranium. The uranium market is not as 
there aren't as many experts in uranium as there are in precious metals. Yeah, it's it's, it's a fair well, that's that's a fair point in terms of the, the skill set available in the uranium space. But but again, look, looking at the pricing around platinum and, and palladium at the moment, um, and your market cap, you've got two point two million ounces um, here. Um, good grades. But there's a disconnect, right? And is that disconnect coming because you think, you know, generally at the moment, commodity prices are disconnected with equities because people are reserving um, judgment as to whether they invest in, in junior exploration plays? Or do you think it's because they don't understand the, the, the kind of platinum market? And and that's why I keep coming back to, you know, what do we need to understand in terms of pricing? What do we need to understand in terms of the macro? And you've listed a bunch of people here. Maybe your project may be appealing to you, but will they pay the price? Will you get the value you think should be attributed to it? That's subject to negotiation. I mean, and I think that's the whole point of the business that we're in. If the timing's right and there's lots of buyers, you can leverage them against each other. If you're sitting on the street corner and no one's no one's buying, you're not going to get much for what you're trying to sell. So I think in this case, it's our job working with our advisors to see what the real opportunities are. And I'm actually super collaborative in that I think that it's not an asset by itself. We have an amazing discovery team in Brazil, and we as a group have the ability to raise capital. So we can go to a, another asset owner in Brazil or in South America and say, look at our asset, look at our team, and our group has great credibility, and we can work together on this to maximize value, if that's what we want to do. The point is, with the strategic review that we've launched, it's a total open canvas. We can do whatever we want, but we're, we're, we're very motivated. We have a sense of urgency to do a deal as quickly as possible because of the market conditions. We're not going to putz around. But, but that's what I want to say. You've never been rushed in terms of timing because you, you felt, felt confident part of the discovery group that you could go and access capital, right? You put a lot of your own money into it, you're right? I know you rate and value the Brazilian project. I, I, I get that. But you just said, we, we are not going to hang around. We, we sense that this is the right time. Do you, do you think this is good as it's going to get? Because you've allocated a budget for, um, you know, for, uh, well, both both projects. So, and you're okay for cash. So, do you are you under pressure to kind of get this thing done, or, or, or can you take your time? I think I'm not personally under pressure to get the deal done, but I think you need to have deadlines in order to get other people incentivized and motivated. So, you know, we're not going to drag this thing out. Like right now, we've announced the fact that we're looking at doing something, so we're going to get after it and do something. Okay, so, um, but where do you think the market's going to, like, if we talk, just stick with PGMs for a second, you know, prices are high at the moment, right? Some good prices at the moment. Is that off the back of uncertainty, or was that a sort of general general upward trend, uh, which you think is sustainable in, say, for the next 12, 18 months? You know, the biggest, like, implants put something out recently that they say that it is sustainable on the palladium side anyways, not necessarily on the platinum side. Um, but I think that the pricing is based on jurisdictional risk or, you know, the Russia, South African risk. Um, but I think, though, you need, I, I guess what we've had a conversation before, Matt, is that if you are only trying to time the optimal time in the market, you're not going to last long. You have to focus on the quality of the projects and advance them as best you can. And, you're, you know, you hope that those um, groups that are, you know, platinum producers or precious metals producers look at this asset and say, Valor has done a great job of adding value. Now it's our wheelhouse. Okay. Well, I'd be interested to see how you play play, play that or, or, or the timing, whatever advice you, you, you get. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Um, on uranium, I'm a big uranium fan. 
I, I think there are some some great Ethereum stories out there, and as you say, the moment, moment, momentum is there. But you also touched upon the fact that there's not too many people who who know what they're doing um, and ma making claims that perhaps can't back up. You've got Rob Carpenter involved, right? And I think maybe Matt Boris explains to people who he is, what his connection with Angelac is, and you know what he's going to be doing for you. Rob Carpenter is an amazing man, and he is an advisor to Valor. And uh, he was the CEO of a company called Kamenak. And Kamenak, before it made a big gold discovery in the Yukon, was a project generator. And some of the projects that uh, Rob generated with Kamenak were three of them. There were three uranium projects in the territory of Nunavut. And Rob actually negotiated the first deal ever for a uranium project in the territory of Nunavut. He did the deal with Nunavut Tungavik Inc., which is NTI. We call it NTI. Um, and they, it's a quasi-government organization that represents the the people that live that are from Nunavut, and they were, and they basically shepherd their um, their resource base. So the territory of Nunavut came out with a uh, uranium policy. Rob knew the project and was able to negotiate a deal with NTI, first of its kind, and um, and then. Um, Obviously, Kamenak was taken in a totally different direction because they made the discovery of the Coffee Gold Project, which was in, in the end sold to Gold Corp for over half a billion. And um, Rob, we spun the, the uh, assets out into Kivalik Energy. And, and Rob was uh, a director. He was the chairman to start with, a director, an advisor, and um, has also been really instrumental to me in terms of, of what we're doing with Pedro Branca. Has been down there several times as well. So he's a genius when it comes to the technical aspect. But has having been a CEO in the firing lines in the hot seat, he's really helpful for me when tough decisions need to be made, and you kind of want a real strong ally um, who's been there. And that's Rob Carpenter. I love him. Yeah, yeah, good reputation across the board. In fact, I was yeah. speaking to one of the other discovery companies uh, earlier, and I think he's helping um, them out too. And again, a, a very happy CEO uh, yeah. there with Rob's involvement. Now, with regards to the timing for uranium, the market is great, right? Yeah. But Angolite's got a long history with you, with you guys. In one shape or form, you, you know, said it's fifty-five million bucks Canadian has been spent on this thing. There's a, there's a. Uh, NI43 or 101 on this thing of, of whatever, just over 43 million pounds. Um, good, good, good grades. Um, I know you, you put in percentages and people are talking CPS these days. So we're going we're gonna to have to try and understand why, I'm, I'm sure. But um, you, you, you've got a resource there. You've also allocated a budget for drilling. That means, as one suggests, that there's going to be an upgrade to that resource. But a lot of backfilling in terms of the dollars spent to date the dollars being attributed to it, given your current market cap, there's just a bunch of gaps to kind of fill in and try and understand, and that's going to affect your timing. Um, is is that would that lend you to believe that if you had to choose either child, you'd probably lean towards the uranium? The uranium is the value of the uranium asset is currently clouded by the holding of the palladium asset. We're going to unlock value. Um, if you match us head to head against most of the Canadian ex explore codes, um, most of them, if not, you know, there's only a few that actually have resources. So they've actually, because so much failure goes into success in delineating an inferred resource. It's very painful. You miss a lot of holes and they're very expensive. So to actually have a resource means that you've gone through a lot of hard times. You spent a lot of money. 
and it's hard fought victories. So we have 43 million pounds where others don't have any inferred resource. We've actually done metallurgy. And uh, so, you know, we're like a baby developer in that we've actually started moving along and learning a little bit more about how things would get advanced, although we're still an explore co trading at a discount. So as soon as we separate these things, I think, first of all, we got no coverage really to speak of in the ATFs. So, and other companies with no resources are, are well represented there. There could be some real upside there. We're talking to people right now this week and over the next few weeks, they haven't even heard of us. They've heard of all the other uranium companies that haven't even heard of us. And it's a bit shocking to them that we're a company that has this resource that no one's even talked about. So it's like a, you know, the re coming out here um, onto the big stage and we're, we've got a great project and, we were able to raise money at the end of last year, so we'll have a pretty aggressive program. But uh, I'll just show you one of the things. Yeah, sure. We have spent significant money in this area, which is it, there are five zones that make up to 43 million pounds, um, starting over here on the western side all the way over here to J4. But one of the techniques that we use to identify the structures that may host the mineralization is VLF, geophysics. And we really only have coverage here, a little bit here and a little bit here. So these red dash lines are areas that will be putting together a very massive geophysical campaign. And what we think is that this little area here will have a mirror and actually there's much greater potential on the Western side of this basin. So that's the first step. We're gonna run a very aggressive big geochem campaign. So to your point on growing the resource, I think there's very little value in growing the resource from 43 million pounds to like say 53. But if, you know, there, there will always be a need for us to try to grow the resource base to show that to that segment of the population that, that needs it. But what we're, I think what we're really keen on is that, that this mirror potential over here on the Western side would, would leave us so many targets and, um, you know, if we were to do some sort of transaction with another group that would get access, perhaps they've got huge access to capital, great trading liquidity and um, a great uranium team, but they, no one has an asset like this, you know, with a big project with uranium at surface, this is 35 kilometers away from these zones. So we've got the resource base, which most don't have, and we've got more upside than most. Okay. So, you, so how, how do you, okay. So how do you come at this? Are you saying we maybe let's talk to a group who've got a bigger, bigger balance sheet or, or a better uranium experience team in terms of expiration, et cetera? Um, does does that mean they farm in? Do you mean does it mean this spins out into their vehicle? I mean, you're going to tell me all of the above, I suspect. Yeah, but that would be my least favorite because I think that. You know, I think I'm the same way as the majority of the investors in our in our companies that, you know, once you see that a group has been able to do an accretive deal and exit, you want them to do it again because that's the that's where you get your premium takeout and, you know, earning, getting somebody to have kind of some backhand loaded earn in really just kind of gives them a chance not to um, pay for their position or pay less for their position. And it's not the same as a takeout or a merger where, you, you know, you join forces and, um, you know, there could be a merger of equals for sure out there. Um, it'd be tough to find an equal. Um, you know, we are trading at a real discount, so we got some room to, 
to make up here. Well, which what do you we think will. this is being valued at by the market? 80 million market cap today. You've got two projects. What's this percentage split in terms of value? Do you, do you think, and do you think the market thinks? I think the market thinks probably 60-20, 65-20, 65-15, I guess, 60-20 or 65-15. Right. Where's, where's the rest of it going? You, the, the rest of it's on you. 65, 65, 20 is 85. Where, where, what's the 15% being allocated to? 65 million to 10 million. Ah, so got you. Not percentages, right? Okay, good. Yeah. Okay, so you're about to spend 11 million bucks on this thing. That'll take it up to 66 million bucks on the, on the um, Angelac, right? Mm -hmm. um, you're going to want to recoup that and some. So you feel that it's merger, merger of equals was, was the best way of recouping that and then going on to build something successfully, like sh sharing the costs? Yeah, it could be. I mean, I think that, A, we will have no issue whatsoever raising capital. So there's not that we're the broke, you know, poverty-stricken um, project that needs financial help. I think that this is highly financeable. So it, it would really have to be a merger of a sort that would um, catapult the company to a much larger, a larger market cap, um, increased trading liquidity, um, really strong technical team and board, so that people would look at it and say that was a, a step up. Do you think it's um, going to be a Canadian company? I'm just trying to get clues as to what, what, what's going on in your head because you know you, you've got obviously got the none, none of it. Um, uh, factor in here. Well, as you do across Canada, the, the First Nations is, is, is really, really important to get right. And we've seen a few people get it really, really wrong. And that's terminal, or it certainly adds cost and time, which it just makes it terminal. Um, or do you think an outside group can come in just with the experience and you'll deal with the perhaps the, the management of, of the communication and, and uh, relations? What could that look like for you? Well, you know, it would if it were um, a Australian listed company with a uranium asset in Africa, then you'd, it'd have to be very compelling because you would have two. You'd have another situation where, to the layman, it's a uranium company, but if you really dig deep, it's it's two companies because you have, you know, the two listings and you have the, the project here with a Canadian team and the regime, the regulatory environment. Then you have whatever, whichever company or country um, would be totally different, Africa or Australia, or you know, even in the United States for that matter. So you know, you have to have a pretty compelling idea. Um, it may work in a hot uranium environment for people to say, well, we just combine these two uranium companies and it's a uranium company now, but I, I tend to look at it sort of differently. I think if you really want synergies, you have to have um, you know, a, a team that works well together or projects that have some sort of geospatial closeness, um, permitting uh, regimes are the same or complementary. Can't just you know try squ squish two things that don't fit together. No, invariably when you squish two things, merger of equals, they, they, the the value doesn't tend to double um, always. So that's that's what I'm kind of interested in terms of your experience with Northern Empire or Kamenak or Corsa, um, is you know where how you felt you created value. Because as an investor, I'm not looking in here and going, well, how, if they spend something out, there's a transaction, and there's I guess there's a bit of an upside kicker for me as an investor going. That that, that 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 that's nice. And if you pick the right, I guess, on the advice from from Canaccord, you pick the pick the right vehicle to continue on with. How's that structured? And you know, where again, where's that value come for, for me as the as, as the shareholder? 
right? So that, that's what I'm interested in trying to understand how quickly you'll come to the point where you can make a decision as to which child you pick, what structure you you create with the the, the project which remains internally, and if you do, if it is the uranium, what type of partnership are you looking for? Clearly, skill set would be a, a big big driver there. Um, yeah, in, in in all cases, Matt, where you know, if if this were if there was a palladium asset and the uranium asset, and that's all we did, we didn't have to look for other partners. We we split them up just to kind of clear it up for investors. We would have we would have work to do to make sure we had a superior board that was purpose built for the asset and the technical team. So that you know, I have had experience where you take a company and you split it in half, and the board stays the same, and the management state stays the same, and you basically have increased admin costs, and everybody's like run off their feet because they only have so much bandwidth. So in the end, you need to have you need to have people that are highly incentivized um, around the project and knowledgeable about the project. So as it stands right now, I think we've got a really good board and a really good um, exploration and management team. But things are getting very busy in, in at Angelac, and things are very busy in Brazil. And so those things warrant a, a, a completely uh, concerted effort and team around them. Brilliant. Okay. And uh, just give me a sense of timing on this one. I know you're getting some advice here and all of the above's in play. And you you, you are rushed, not rushed. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. So you want to take advantage of the timing, but you're not rushed yeah. financially or under pressure financially or financially constrained in any way. So give me a sense of what does this year look like? I, when are the big moments coming? What are the what are the moments like that that will change my life? Well, you know, there's different investor bases that would play this thing. There's a smaller investor base currently that likes you know palladium platinum type of assets. There's a much bigger um, investor base that wants the uranium, and we're going to show that we have a superior uranium project, and they're going to understand that there will be uh, a short time frame for them um, to invest in it, where it's clouded right now, and it and it will be unlocked in in the near future. So. I think that will have uh, increased in interest for, for uranium investors, and there'll be events-driven investors that like the whole aspect of a spin-out because there's a dividend and so forth if that were to occur. Um, so yes, we're working with a sense of urgency. I'm not saying we're gonna be like begging everyone on the streets to do a deal with us, but we're gonna be very aggressively looking at what's available for both projects, who's out there, who might need a project like this, who we can work with, who we could help in terms of can we raise money? But you've got a great project. Maybe we can find a good deal. Maybe, maybe we use the Palladium project to buy something. It's that's the whole point of the strategic review, and we're capable of doing any of it. 